Well, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Take two. (laughs) Take two on episode zero. Of the Infinite Alchemy podcast. I am Daniel Madden. I don't know what the (laughs) fuck I am when it comes to uh, this world right now. And I am Krista Madden, and same. (laughs) This is actually kind of poetic, because... uh, the process of of uh, inner alchemy involves tearing everything down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be reduced to ash, in a sense, and then build back off of that. So really, what we're doing here, recording directly on an iPhone... Um, In Infinite Alchemy Studio. Hair studio, not a <laughs> podcast studio. Hair studio. Hair studio. So as this uh, goes on, people will get to hear the quality come into it. But not everything starts with quality, and that's fine. (laughs) Because sometimes you just have to throw all caution to the wind and just get fucking moving. And just do it. Um, You've been telling me for a long time that my ideas that I've had, you just need to do it. No, that's something people have a problem with is they sit there and worry about perfection and and having every uh, possible outcome or every possible uh, issue that could pop up figured out and that's just not it's not realistic well it's not life. how life works no everything's messy yeah everything's messy and uh, safety is always an illusion it's the comfort though yeah, but comfort's bullshit. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. As a lot of people, you know, refer me to as the queen of uncomfortable. Is I like to be uncomfortable now. I feel if I get comfortable, I'm not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm not progressing and I'm not... But not necessarily. Well, there's, there's fine to have moments of reprieve... Mm-hmm. Where you don't feel like you're struggling. But that's moments. But it's moments that we forget that we can actually sit down and not have anything going on and be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Because that is the time for reflection and regaining that motivation and looking inside and, and, and resetting goals and resetting priorities or what needs to happen for that next path. And I think I've had that recently. Mm-hmm. I think I've had that moment of let's rest, recoup. Well, you had to. I was forced to, yes. But I was still able to gain my motivation again. Mm-hmm. And kind of feel inside me that where where, what's my next step what's our next step what what do I have to ask you to do (laughs) (laughs) what to figure out or to help me along my way because we're doing it right now you are have been a huge factor in my motivation and taking me out of my comfort zone and realizing that I can do certain things 
and and be okay with it and and be okay with pushing those boundaries of myself and and any limitation that I set on myself. That's been fun. You get a real fucked up sense of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it has been. It it has it has taken taken me out of my boundaries. And that's that I that's my limitations that I thought I needed to be in this box for. Mhm. So th- this would be a good point to talk about the overarching theme of this podcast. Yes. Which is um, just that self-realization and the discomfort that comes with it whenever you really start to grow and change. Mm-hmm. And um, just also the importance of remaining authentic to yourself and uh, all the minutiae of the magnum opus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the great work. And that really is what uh, inner transformation is. It, it is the great work. Um, people have an idea of what alchemy means. And they picture... Uh, medieval times with some guy sitting there in a laboratory with a beaker and trying to break this down and turn this into that and that that is one aspect of it but whenever you really get down into what alchemy is it's all about the inner alchemy mm-hmm. um and I am fully prepared, I hope you uh, fall in line with it too, (laughs) to ruffle a whole bunch of feathers talking about all of this, because these days everybody wants to play to the lowest common denominator, Mm -hmm. and um, that's not to say that anybody's feelings are invalid, but we're not going to mince words, we're not going to censor the dirty side of having to wrangle your inner demons and rake through all of your inner muck and what that takes like the effort that it takes to actually grow because these days if you say well you have to do this or you know pull yourself up by your bootstraps or you know anything that has to do with like difficult uncomfortable work don't show emotion yeah, which, it's, I mean, that's yeah. a load of horseshit. Mm-hmm. But then you have the other side of that, which is like, it's only purely emotion, which is also bullshit. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm more of an emotional person than you are. Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's where we complete that balance. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do have that, that, that emotional side of me. But I also have that side of, fuck it, anymore. Which is necessary. Yes. But I still have that connection to that emotion. And that's okay, too. I'm not, I'm not closed off to that. No. And, and, and right off the bat, here we go. Let's go ahead and get into some um, sensitive topics. Uh, my brain, my thought processes definitely lean towards... Uh, the the masculine archetype Mm -hmm. and your emotions and how you approach situations and being considerate 
of all people involved in nurturing is definitely a uh, well come on brain <laughs> feminine <laughs> archetype and like right there already mm-hmm. we, we've already said something that a in all reality not big portion of people will take offense to there's a very loud portion and it turns into oh like you bigot i can't believe you believe that it's so much of what we're going to be talking about is something that is just it's called natural law it's it's just a natural order to everything around us and for some reason, we've become so detached from this idea of natural law. Um, and you see it in a lot of neo-spiritual practices uh, where they sit there and talk about the as above, so below, and equal opposites, and everything vibrates and all that. Uh, but this podcast will probably make those people uncomfortable too because people try to remove so much of the human element to that stuff. Um, you see it all the time, especially like anymore. Like uh, there, there's like this TikTok trend where oh, these people will sit there and go like, if you repeat these angel numbers and say them out loud, then things will happen in your life. And it's like, no, 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 that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more. There's a lot more work than that. Yeah. Yes. And, and when you really get into the idea of like um, growing, changing, it really is that mind, body, spirit connection. Mm-hmm. You have to have all things moving in unison. And um, to do that, you really have to know yourself. Well, I think that's the basis of any growth is learning to want to know yourself because there's there's people that say I want to grow and I want to do this and I want to do that but they don't know who they are Mm -hmm. so they're trying to grasp at everything else that they see around them to try to make themselves want that right and and that's not staying true to yourself as well and that's hard, you know, for people to figure out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, how how do you figure out what you want in life? How do you figure out who you are as a person? You experience ego death. You tear yourself down because... Um, self-destruction. Is self-improvement, mm-hmm. if you let it be. If you're willing to put in that uh, that uncomfortable work. Because it's it's easy to fall into destructive patterns um, almost to numb the discomfort that you feel inside yourself. Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, before we do that, because I have a feeling uh, more of your your crowd is going to be tuning in first. <laughs> Let's talk about the... Uh, the change that you have gone through in our relationship because we've been together for 23 and a half years now (laughs) 
you add on five to six years every single year. <laughs> We'd be 60 years in now. <laughs> We've been together for oh. 12 years now. I'm not sure. Yeah, right about 12. Maybe 11. What year is it? 11, 23. 23 years? No, we're not, <laughs> we're not doing this. <laughs> but you have seen me through... You met me at a time where I had self-destructed myself Mm -hmm. because I wanted something different. You met me at a time where I was trying to find me and and find out who I was. Mm -hmm. But so much of that came from external validation. Worried about what other people think. Yes. Oh, I'll, I'll absolutely. As I needed that validation, I needed to feel like I belong. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one of that's that's how I grew up. It was you know this religion and you know we have to act a certain way with this. We have to make people believe that you know we have the best family life and then we have the best this and that and and that external validation made me not know who I was yeah and that's something that uh most people in uh today's culture and I mean for a long time have to deal with is Mm -hmm. you're literally programmed a certain way as soon as life begins really it's like you never have that moment where you really stop and go like all right well so this is my last name and this is what my family believes and does and this Mm -hmm. is the church we attend and these are our morals and does any of this actually resonate with me like do I really believe any of this and that's where you get stuff like a midlife crisis where people can go so far into life and even be highly successful and uh, respected. And then just one day they just go, fuck it. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't me. I'm going to divorce my wife. I can't stand and go buy a Corvette and start a Van Halen cover band. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they just want to break bad and like live a way that resonates with them. Right. Well, that's, I mean, I, I grew up in a Catholic family and I grew up in, you know, going to, to Catholic school and I never felt like that was me. I never felt that those beliefs of everybody else, that's what I believed. Mm -hmm. I I knew I believed in something and I knew something was greater than myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't know exactly what that was, but I wasn't allowed to search other venues like avenues of religion or anything like that to see what I even believed in Mm -hmm. and that to me like you know they always that's the black sheep of a family (laughs) right like that's the one that's going to be like going all crazy and fucking doing but that's what happens is you know you you're you're put in this little box and you're told you can only do this and you can only do that and you can believe in this because I said so. 
And then I go, no, well, what about this? Well, why is this this? You know, you start asking those questions and then you're completely like that outcast. Yeah, well, how dare you question... uh, Anybody's authority and anybody else's opinion? Mm -hmm. I mean, who do you think you are? (laughs) Trying to find the spark of uh, God or the creator or whatever (laughs) force you want to assign this uh, giant, beautiful shit show that we live in. inside of yourself get out of here that's and and that's what drew me away from what i was supposed to believe in as my childhood mm-hmm. and that's you know I, there came a point in time in my life where everything my world shattered and everything that i was told to believe in everything it it broke mm-hmm. and i walked away from everything that I was that I knew everything that I knew everything that I you know my comfort zone my people to go to my family even I walked away from everything of that to find out who I was and to to pursue dreams that I've always had and that's when you met me Mm -hmm. I was probably a mess (laughs) <laughs> a hot mess hot mess <laughs> emphasis on hot <laughs> but i was i was fresh out of you know fresh into sobriety i was not i, I didn't understand what it was like to live completely by myself and completely self-sustaining um and also trying to put myself into a career that I didn't know yet mm-hmm. and that's when you came into my life at that time worked my way in <laughs> your giant tall fucking walls I had a lot of walls because it I didn't know oh that was a mess let's just say that that was a fucking mess I was scared. Yeah. I was very scared as a person, and I tried to play it off as I wasn't because I, you know, (laughs) I wanted to be that, like, I'm this little independent, you know, I get to do this and I get to do that on my own, and, you know, I don't have anything that's holding me back. Um, It's just me and my dog. And, And that's where my life completely changed. You know, is is trying to break from that that construct that I thought I was going to always be in. What's so funny is you were still clinging to it. Mm-hmm. I, I, the way I always put it is you were viciously grasping the remnants of your <laughs> Catholic faith. <laughs> and I would say certain stuff and you would look at me like, oh my God. <laughs> because that was never a part of me. That was never, like, it wasn't okay for you to talk about different things in that realm of my life. It wasn't okay for you to start questioning. It wasn't okay for you to think differently. (laughs) And that, to me, like, it was so new to me. And it it made me very uncomfortable. But that was where my growth started. Mm -hmm. And I was, what, 27 at the time? Yeah. 
26 or 27 at the time and like that by then people think that like you're supposed to know who you are at that time you're supposed to know your 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 drift in life you're supposed to know like your foundation I knew nothing about myself well if it makes you feel any better most people don't well now I understand that (laughs) now I understand that but that's where my growth had started and it, it uh, we should mention the career that you were going into mm-hmm. and the life that uh, we were both going into was not podcasting or a hair studio. No. It was the uh, wild and woolly world of special effects for film, <laughs> which is um, an interesting world to be in, for sure. And... Um, not the easiest world to get into because it's mm-hmm. it's a very niche uh, industry that's very saturated. So like the idea of like you were whenever we met in school, you were what four hours away from home? Five. Five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like seven hundred miles. Mm-hmm. So like I was at a point to where I was ready to go. I had goals. I wanted to do cool shit. And um, I'm, I'm the type of guy that if I'm not constructing, if I'm not making something, if I don't have that creative outlet, I turn destructive really quickly. Um, <laughs> it's it's uh, some weird mechanism that I have not figured out yet. Maybe it just is part of my very fabric I think it's just a part of you and that that's yeah that's you so it's it's either I self-destruct in a good way and find parts of myself that don't serve me at whatever point in life I'm in and uh, really work on dismantling those things so they're not holding me back anymore and that allows me to create more or it just turns into a shit show mess, whether it be self-destructive yeah. or outwardly destructive. Mm-hmm. It's a fun time either way. Probably not for <laughs> everyone involved, but definitely not for everyone involved. But it's it also makes me. you know everybody else grow around you. But too. there was that point where I, I started to stagnate after after we had both graduated because you were a semester ahead of me, mm-hmm. and. Um, I think it was six months after I graduated where I was like I can't fucking do this I'm working in a Lowe's on a loading dock I'm not doing anything other than like with my spare time doing uh, my sculpture work and mm-hmm. sure that's that's an outlet but I mean that's not something big you know and I, I kept being like I'm ready I gotta go I gotta go. I gotta get the fuck out of here. And you know, yeah, we have to do this first, and we we, we have to have this in place. Mm-hmm. We have to have that in place. Well, I, I was working full time in a salon at that point, and working um, on interview days, trying to for dance moms, trying to save money mm-hmm. so that we could go somewhere. Yeah, we both wanted to go to California. We both had that dream of being on the West Coast and doing what we love so we were working towards that but you 
have this like destructive moment of like it's not we're we're not working fast enough or I'm just want to fucking sell everything and literally burn the house we were in and just fucking leave. Well, I, I, because I I don't believe in safety. <laughs> and I am very, <laughs> and that's where our balance is, in through our relationship and through like each other's growth mm-hmm. is that. I plan certain things because I'm more of the uh, responsible side of things and and I know how to make things happen if I get, you know, certain ducks in a row. Yeah, sometimes you just have to throw all the ducks in the general (laughs) direction you want to go and let them line up. And see which one, (laughs) which one, you know, sits up straight and which one falls. (laughs) Oh, that one didn't make it. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Leave them behind. And, yeah, that's been our whole relationship for the past 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I remember the moment where I, I I went to the salon that you were working at, and I just walked right in, and the lady at the desk was like, Hi, can I help you? And I was like, nope. And I just <laughs> walked over. And there was an empty chair beside the one that you were working at. And uh, you were like, hey. I'm like, hi. And you're like, what are you doing? I was like, uh, making decisions. I'm moving. <laughs> and you were like, what? I was like, yeah, I can't. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, the tax return that I'm getting after how we did everything for me to be in school uh, is pretty sizable. And it's enough. It's not much, but it's enough. It's enough to make the move and get established, and that's that. And uh, I'm going. I'm not waiting here. And uh, if you want to spend more time here and get comfortable with the idea of going, I will wait for you there, (laughs) but not here. And you were just sitting there going, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, I, I, I can't. I can't fucking do this. That wall right there... (laughs) <laughs> was like my fight or flight you know move, moment and I said okay yeah I yeah. was like all right let's sell what we can let's you know my tax return to and whatever else I had saved everything we can fit in your little s10 my little Saturn and one U-Haul. U-Haul we had a U-Haul yeah not a big one. Not a big one at all. And we left an hour before a fucking blizzard happened. Uh, no, that, that blizzard was happening that was, while we were leaving. It was insane. And we packed up all of our stuff and we left. Uh-huh. And that was the most uncomfortable yet excited time of my life. And you hated me. I hated you. You for hated it. me so much. <laughs> to make me that uncomfortable, but it made me grow immediately as as a person mm-hmm. and throw everything that I felt security wise out the fucking window. Yeah. Yeah. It's necessary. It was necessary. And that was very dirty work that I had to do within myself. To get there. No, it wasn't just happening inside yourself. You were (laughs) spewing it over on me. (laughs) 
And that's <laughs> not every growth is fucking pretty. No. No, and it's not, and it's uncomfortable, and it's it's very, um, but it's very freeing. You know, I remember driving through the desert with with everything, and looking at one of the sunsets before we sat, you know, somewhere to to even like you know pull over and just have that like look of wide open nothingness. The void. The void. The wide open, there is nobody around, nothing. And I distinctly remember us getting Tonka out of the car and we sat there and we hugged each other and he was right in the middle of us mm-hmm. and we just said, we, ha- we got this. Like, no matter what happens from here, we will always have it. Yeah. And if you think about it, so many people try to avoid the void and chaos because it doesn't feel safe. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like you have any kind of external safety net or structure. But instead, you could look at it as this is wide open, this is pure potential. I can make this anything that I want it to be. And so much of the process of inner realization and transformation and growing in general, it, it your mindset and how you choose to, to see yourself and the situation that you're in and what the outcome you desire is, it, it you have to have that clear mental image. You have to have an idea. And that's something that a lot of people skip out on. Yeah. They, they, they just, they go with what they've been raised in, uh, like, the, the, the culture, the family that they grow up in, of mm-hmm. like, these are your parameters, this is what you should do, Go. And that is as far as their vision of, of possibilities goes. They never tear everything down and look at a big old dirty mess and uh, go, all right, what can I make out of this? What can I make out of myself? You are your own creator of what's going to happen on your journey. Mm-hmm. And I never understood that until then. And I, I never understood that I can put so much things in motion until I had that motivation and I, and, and lost everything that I thought my, of myself mm-hmm. and broke everything down to get down to that mess and then go, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm fucking doing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, really, it, it's oh, your uh, your breakdown phase <laughs> was a multiple <laughs> multi-step process. <laughs> um, so, California, we're both working. Oh, it, so uh, we got pregnant on the way to California. <laughs> <laughs> um. um. What happens in Vegas doesn't always stay in exactly. Vegas. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
He's nine now. His name's Lucius. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we can just send him back. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't always stay there. Um, but that threw a, a big monkey wrench into uh, everything we were doing out there. Because, again, it, it's, it's a super saturated industry. It's very cutthroat. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are not the cream of the crop or show great potential to be something excellent, then uh, that industry does not give a fuck. They will toss you to the side. Or and... who you know or what you do, you mm-hmm. know. And, and I think that's actually getting into that industry is just like the industry that I'm still in. Yeah, well, they are super similar in the political aspect into the, you know, rubbing elbows with this person, that person, don't burn this fucking bridge. Ugh. Yeah, it's 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 very similar in that aspect. Right. It's very cutthroat. It's very dirty. It's just humans. It's humanity. Yeah. It's, hum- it's literally it's people doing people fucking things. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we both got out there and... Uh, got pretty decently established mm-hmm. you were very fast i was mm-hmm. i was on a show um abby's ultimate dance competition that i what well, i started two days after we even moved or the day after we moved and got into our house we moved into our house april 1st and you started that job april 3rd mm-hmm. and um i had a, no downtime no at all it, it took me a little bit longer because i was going out there blind mm-hmm I had no leads, no nothing, but um, I eventually got into a a smaller special effects shop, but a highly respected one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you could call it like a, a boutique shop. And um, both of us were doing it. We were doing the damn thing. And I was pregnant. And you were very pregnant <laughs> and very hormonal. <laughs> And very mean. <laughs> the dragon lady. <laughs> fucking dragon lady. Oh my god. <laughs> but I was first away from my family and away from everything that I felt that should have had security. Mm-hmm. And I was pregnant for the first time of, like, my life. It's That threw me into such a, a phase as well. Yeah. That was yeah. a huge growing phase for me. Yeah, but it wasn't the it wasn't the complete breakdown. Mm-mm. It was a lot of it. It was a lot of it, but once um once we hit that point where we realized that living out there and being in that industry, it's it's no way to raise a kid. It's no way to like really be a family unit. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I, I, I couldn't tell you a single day that I had on set or going uh, to work, at, like at the shop even, where, I mean, I was waking up at what, four in the morning mm-hmm. just to beat traffic. And um, by the time I was leaving and getting home and dealing with traffic, I mean, that, that's like a 15-hour day mm-hmm. right there. I mean, it was, you know, we were still sleeping when you were leaving and we were in bed when you came home. Mm-hmm. That's no way to raise a kid. Mm-hmm. It's just not. Um, 
and we hit that point where it was like, okay, we're hitting a reset button. We have to go. And I, you, you actually fought me on it mm-hmm. where I, I hit that point. And a, a, a big part of it for me was like making monsters and uh, being involved with like that side of creation when it comes to film. Um, that's what I wanted to do since I was nine years old. I remember the moment that I was like, yep, that's it. That looks like fun. I'm going to do that. And we, I, I did it. Mm-hmm. I fucking did it. And you were really good at it. Yeah. <laughs> you are. It's good enough. You absolutely are. It's good enough. Um, but like that moment of me just going like, The mother of my child is stressed and I don't want my kid to be raised with an uneven, unbalanced mother. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I know the amount of work I've had to do to undo so much of that. So I just hit this point where I was like, nope, it doesn't matter. This is what I wanted to do this is not good for our child. So if it takes us resetting and potentially revisiting this life one day out here, then so be it. Like mm-hmm. we, we have to go. And you're like, no, no, no. We can't. This, that, just that, that, that. Nope. Nope. You want to be back in Pennsylvania. You want to be back around family. You want stability. If that's what you need to round yourself back out and be the good, nurturing, kind, loving mother figure that you are to our child, then that's what we're doing. And so we came back here and um, started again. Sold everything again. Again. Once again. I mean, at that time, like materialistic stuff (laughs) God went through the fucking window. <laughs> no, no, no. Most oh, of most, most of it went I, through the window. Every move we've ever done, I sit there and go, do we really need this? Do, do we need this? <laughs> yes, because insert sentimental reason here. And I was like, fuck, all right, cool. Yeah, But well, we came back with a little U-Haul. A little again. less. Yeah. Slightly, slightly less. Everything that we bought out there, we sold. Mm-hmm. Um it was more of the, most of the sentimental stuff that I've had, you know, from my mom and everything. That's what I kind of held on to. Right. But we came back out here and uh, again, just, just starting over and you were uh, working at a salon and you were not happy there. Mm-hmm. And I, oh, I mean, we were what, two years deep into being back, mm-hmm. and all the time, you would be coming home, miserable, absolutely miserable, and it would bleed over into home life. And I kept just sitting there thinking, like, I didn't fucking leave my dream job for you to be fucking miserable mm-hmm. 
And so it just started planting the, the seed in your head of like, you can just do your own salon. You can do your own thing. No, I can't. Uh, <laughs> I would have, uh, we have to figure this out and this would cost this much. And it's this, it's this, that, that and comfort this, zone again. This, that's the ability that resonated with me coming back from my old self. Yep. And and, and you, I you didn't and drop ducks. that yet, yeah. You me and, and my ducks. ducks. And meanwhile, I'm sitting there going, fuck the ducks. Kick them in the general <laughs> direction. We'll figure it out. I can't have you like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there was that final moment. where, And at this point, we were months, months deep of me just going, you should do your own thing. Mm-hmm. You should just do your own thing. And a big part of it, too, I, I feel like... Um, we went from renting a house uh, down and wh- where we live is the Wyoming Valley. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't live there now. Uh, we did. We live up on the mountain overlooking the valley. And uh, there's something about this place. It's, um, it is a cesspool. It's gross. It literally, when I'm down in the valley, I can see something that's just different in the light. It, it's like this place has this... Ugh. It's like the black hole. It's a it's, tinge. It's, it's, a, it's a black hole. And it's very it's a, it's a very negative space. And it's not very welcoming. And every time we would be climbing out of the valley, going up, uh, up the mountain, there was always this point where I would notice that weird sickly tinge to the light was just gone and there were multiple times where I told you like if we're going to stay out here this is where I need to be because I I can't be down in the valley everybody's right up on top of each other like your neighbors are so close that if you sneeze you're gonna hear through Mm -hmm. the fucking walls Mm -hmm. I I can't do it and, uh, and we have some beautiful places here that are, you know, outside the valley and are very calm and collected. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's, the dirty tinge here is corruption. Yes. Is what it is. It's dirty money and the power that comes with it. But the moment that, um, we decided that we were looking to buy a house. Mm-hmm. We um, had been looking at a few, and then there was one that was up on the mountain and had had a fire in it once it went on the market. Uh, and the price dropped greatly, mm-hmm. and we went and looked at it. And I'm a pretty decently handy guy when it comes to working with my hands. Um, I'd done plenty of, uh, like drywall work and painting and stuff like that, laying hardwood floors, that kind of shit. I had never renovated a house though. (laughs) And I was like, can we do this? (laughs) Um, We're walking through a house. That has mold and water damage. Every single window was busted out. Like, when you talk about having any type of security and, like, safety, (laughs) this was the epitome of, like, 
what the fuck are we what doing? What the fuck are we doing? And we walk through it, and I'm sitting there looking at all the fire damage, and not just the fire damage, but like you said, when the fire department showed up, they broke out every, every single fucking window. window. Every single window. And then just hosed down the inside of this house, and then just boarded it up in the middle of the summer. Yeah. So no airflow. No, no, no airflow. <laughs> Everything was like our... our the floors in there were peaked from the heat and the moisture. It, it was, was ruined. Yes. It was ruined. So there went my safety net completely. But I didn't let you know. No. That's that's the mm. thing. Is I it... said I looked at you and I said, Can we do this? <laughs> and then... And in my overly <laughs> secure Yeah, of course. Yes, of course. Duh. Of course. And but you know what did it? You know what did it for me? You already know. You know the moment. We were walking through the living room, tripping over the big giant peak in the hardwood floors. Mm-hmm. Um, Stepping on broken glass everywhere. Mm-hmm. And there was a little peak in the plywood. Over the big ass window. Over the, the big ass fucking window in the living room. Just and there was just a tiny, tiny sliver of light coming through. And the entire house lit up fucking oranges and red at sunset. And I walked over and I looked through the the little slat in between the two pieces of plywood. And I went, oh, babe. <laughs> this is our house. Come here. <laughs> and you looked through and you saw the view of the sunset. You went, oh, my God. And that's when I was like, I don't care what I have to do. Uh, fuck it i'll i'll figure it out yeah but there there we go there's there's the difference between us is like i don't have very many self-limiting views mm-hmm. there's very few things in life that i will look at and go i can't figure that out and i'm not gonna try i don't think i've ever actually heard you say that no I honestly, and and that's just me thinking about like our entire relationship is like mm-hmm. anything that I've brought to you, anything that I have even just had an inkling of thought about, you would always look at me and say, we can figure it out. Yes. Do it. Yeah. Figure it the fuck out. But, but going through that process of... Oh, God. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I, I think back to the Tyvek suit and the respirator scraping out. Like Breaking Bad. Char, <laughs> just charred wood from the basement and just so much fucking mold. Oh, it was awful. And I'm sitting there, and I even called Surf Pro. It was like, how much to, this is the square footage of the house. This is the damage that we have. I'm like, oh, you'd be looking at like 16 grand. And I went, <laughs> nope, no, that ain't happening. Because <laughs> we were doing all this on just this shoestring budget. Because we didn't get, we, we didn't do a construction loan. We didn't do anything like that. We technically rented our place to be able to do all this work without doing all that before we bought it. Yeah. So we didn't have to use like licensed contractors. We didn't have to use anything like that so that we can get it up to where we needed to, to, to close on it. And in that meantime, 
all fucking safety went out the window when you were still telling me to open an o- my own salon. Right. And and it was after... While we, we were doing, scraping mold off shit and... We? You. And, <laughs> and doing, replacing fucking, like, foundation things, you still told me every single day to open my own salon. I mean, you gotta look at it from from my point of view here, okay? I was working ridiculous night shifts Mm -hmm. doing a dangerous job doing a flagging for construction Mm -hmm. and uh when i was not doing that almost getting hit by cars and dealing with uh just rude fucking people then i was catching a 45 minute nap and then uh suiting up in the heat of the summer (laughs) (laughs) working on the house and uh, I, I was at my wit's end. I was, the candle was not burning at both ends. I had just thrown the motherfucker right into the inferno. <laughs> and then I'd be hearing you coming home from work going, oh, this and this and this and this. And inside, I'm just thinking. Enough's enough already. Just, just shut up and do the thing. Just, you gotta stop. You gotta stop doing this to yourself. I I kept coming home and being miserable and you just kept looking at me. Well, this, this was also at the, we kind of skipped over an important part of, um, of our evolution here is, uh, there was six months where we didn't even live in the same house. Mm -hmm. Um, cause you still hated me. And you were hating me at a point where I didn't even love myself. Right. And that's a bad combination. Um, And so much of the stuff that you would do reminded me of my mother. (laughs) So really, the external force just, it was like a constant... Uh, it, it it's you can call it exactly what it is it's it's childhood ptsd mm-hmm. and it was like this constant just war inside of me and there was a point where it snapped and i fucking lost it <laughs> i was like i'm not doing this uh, you get you fucking go. I was like, yep, I, I am. <laughs> Not because you're telling me to, because I fucking need to. I have to get away from everything. And so the, there was, I guess, uh, my, my moment of reducing myself down to ash. <clears throat> that was that self-destruction phase of complete obliteration? Yeah felt good it, did. it, felt it was good. very messy it was it was very messy it was very hard you know to go through to work through to see you at that lowest point of hurt to hurt everybody around you yeah yeah well that that's that's that thing of hurt people hurt people mm-hmm. um but there's also no excuse to continue that kind of behavior right 
it's it's that moment of really having to go all right what's going on in me what, what are the mechanics at play here why am i doing the things that i'm doing and the uncomfortable part there is is you, you have to dig through old hurt and not many people are willing to do that uncomfortable work they don't want to revisit it because it like people try to run from their demons but you can't run from them because you carry those motherfuckers with you mm-hmm. well it triggers every single emotion that we're not okay with mm-hmm. and that's what we need to be okay with right well it's it's that moment of just self-analyzation instead of falling into this um it is it's a familiar uncomfortable reaction but the familiarity there is what makes it comfortable and makes people willing to just continue these self-destructive behaviors these self-destructive coping mechanisms we can dive into that sometime because that's that's where a lot of that minutiae comes in but we we were separated Mm -hmm. for six months and um working on ourselves yep working on ourselves to be better for ourselves yes and that's that's where i think that a lot of people we weren't codependent on each other no at that point like we weren't we weren't worrying about our future relationship we weren't worrying about what we could do down the road for each other I think that was like one of our pivotal moments in our relationship and with our our, ourselves to the point that like we weren't thinking about even getting back together we were thinking about raising a child together and being the best for him and ourselves even if that's separate even if that was separate and I think a lot of people hold on to that hope of like let's fix ourselves for that other person for our future which is completely that that to me has has destruction right all over it well because it's going to go back into that external yes it's going to go back into you know if you're trying to fix yourself for somebody else then that is going to be your demise you're not doing it for the right reasons right it's that self-love it's it's really hard to do and i mean and i'm i'm still uh i'm a lot less self-deprecating than I used to be I still have my moments because like I I know that I am uh, an intense chaotic person and I'm not afraid to like kind of poke fun at it Mm -hmm. you know like I don't take myself too seriously which is odd because like I'm a pretty serious guy when it comes to like getting shit done Mm -hmm. like making stuff and making cool stuff happen but like me as like a person is like an entity of whatever the fuck this is i'm just like yeah whatever it don't matter i mean nobody gets out of this shit alive mm-hmm. so you can't take it too seriously at all and again that that kind of lends itself too to the idea of like you gotta throw caution to the wind because um doesn't matter how many safety nets you have doesn't matter how much structure you have 
it all falls apart. It does, but it does rarely a a, a a like a dignified way out. Like right. it's. Right. But I think what what made you realize, you know, you were aware. You're aware of that part of you. Mm-hmm. And you're not afraid to tap back into that and, like, make sure that you have that self-love. You know yeah. what I mean? And at, at, that self and, and valuing yourself now is, is completely different than how you used to value yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, my, my first moment of, like, I'll say, like, true self-love because like I, I, I definitely had a, a big ego um, whenever we first got together mm-hmm. because no um, oh, man did you well it was it was the way that I wanted people to see me and how I wanted to be known was by the quality of my work and um, was it a type of like external validation from everybody else n- not completely that's the thing because like I, I was only ever actually in competition with myself now that that's not to say like people say well I've had any other competition but me it's like yeah okay but I mean there's still like a a, a barometer a, a measurement happening here where it's like you have to look at other people's work and what they're doing and and have that kind of play into your measurements of being better than you were before but it was just this I guess not having that self-love and that self-respect that's all I wanted people to see that was it it was it was just the work mm-hmm. that I make not that's the person it. making the work so it was almost like I, I put up such a big facade of like if I'm enough of a dick people won't want to know me they'll just pay attention to the work and that was completely opposite of what actually happened because everybody wanted to know you. <laughs> I still don't know why people want to fucking know me. I don't get it. Because like... it's your, it's when your energy changes the state of the room or makes anybody uncomfortable, it makes it more interesting <laughs> to know that person because you. You are the best of the five people that you put around yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You want people around you that you technically want to be like or that inspire you to be like. Right. So when people meet you and you have this no fucks like burn bridges, melt everything down, <laughs> but still value yourself. A lot of people can't touch that because they don't want to get that inner alchemy together. Mm-hmm. They want that. So they, they, they look to you as something that they can learn from. And I think you don't see that as much as other people do because you're on that opposite side of us. You know what I mean? Like you have done all that dirty nitty gritty work and you have self-destructed so many times and rebuilt yourself so many times that it is inspiring as a person to look at that and to see that and know that maybe I can do that again or maybe I can do that too or maybe 
I can and grasp anything that he did in his life or, or set forth in his path to do too. It's kind of why we're doing this right now. Exactly. This is, is exactly why I wanted people to also hear you because of me. Everybody looks and asks me how I did things and how I took myself out of the deepest, darkest places and lived, got uncomfortable. I lived with a fucking psychopath. I lived with a fucking That's... psychopath that made me uncomfortable every single day. Like, <laughs> like that's, but it's, I want people to hear that side of me because you helped me in my path so much. You helped me believe in myself again, if that makes sense. Well, I I realized what a force of nature you were from the first time I saw you. I was immediately drawn to you. <laughs> and I never thought of myself as that. I always thought of myself as, you know, that little black sheep nobody fucked pays attention to. And it's nobody, a force of nature. Know. The people that make the biggest changes in the world were never people that fell in line. Right. That doesn't happen. You don't see anybody that plays within parameters and follows rules that actually makes like a a big change in the world. True. <laughs> it, it's, it's so weird that we, we literally raise people. We, we program humans from a very young age of like, well, if you do this and you go to school and you get these good grades and you don't rustle any feathers and you do this and then you can get a job and then it's, it's like we sell this idea of like the American dream, right? But this place wasn't built off of well-behaved people. True. It, it just wasn't. It was, it was what we have here now, whether it be for the better or the worse, um, really does come from a bunch of people that go, yeah, okay, I, I, yeah, I, I see what's going on here, but I want to do something different. Mm -hmm. And that's where you get like this innovation and people really enriching other people's lives. You know, and, and what happens is so many people try to cling to those parameters right and and think well if i follow these things i'll be okay i'll do fine but you gotta think about it this way like um say rewind to the 1800s right you own a uh, a writing crop company right the thing that you smack the mule or the horse with to make it do what you want it to do right it's like, that's a, that's a necessary tool. People have to have that. So like, for so long, you're providing something that people need. And then the Ford company gets really established and starts pumping out all these cars. You'd have to be pretty foolish to keep going, ah, I'm just going to keep making the best riding crops around. It's like, all right, cool. You're staying within those parameters of what you know, but like, the world around you is changing. And you're not taking that into consideration and self-analyzing and figuring out, all right, well, how do I continue to make myself valuable? You have to adapt to your surrounding. Mm -hmm. But again, that goes into uncomfortable work. Mm -hmm. 
So, going through the process of uh, renovating the house. <laughs> that shit show nightmare. We did it, though. We did it. Mm-hmm. The help of a little handful of friends that were willing to throw in that time, that effort. We did the damn thing. And uh, we, we moved on in. Got established. We weren't really even established. We were still renovating, and you looked at me and I'm said, "Open your fucking." I'm still renovating now. <laughs> and well, <laughs> well, this goes all to the you know, it's just never ending growth and progression with us. Yeah. Um, you know, we sat there and and we you know made the house livable. We made the house nice for you know time being until. You know, I think we were in the house. A few months. Maybe even eight months. Is it that long? Yeah, I think yeah. we were in the in the house for eight months and decided to open up a salon. Now, hold on. Now, hold on. Oh. Here, here's how this happened, okay? <laughs> you went to an education course yeah. with the uh, the crew that you were working under at the other salon Mm -hmm. right and uh still going hey do your own damn thing i can't i can't i'm not talking maybe the day before i can't i'd have to take out this load i'd have to do this what about that what about that and i'm sitting there on the couch going till you get out of your own damn way you're right Mm -hmm. and you always go <laughs> Ugh, you think it's that easy? I'm like, no, it is. It just it, do it already. It is that easy. And you went off, and uh, in in that course, like you're in a group of people, your peers, whether or not you know all of them, you still peers within your industry, mm-hmm. and uh, the person you were working under said something or did something what it was doesn't really matter that just struck you in like a super disrespectful way and uh when you were on the way home you texted me and you were like i'm ready i'm doing it Mm -hmm. and i was like doing what you're like i'm gonna find a space and i'm gonna do a salon and i'm gonna well, that was that was that pivotal point in my career and in myself as well, that I felt less than nothing at that exact moment, and I knew in my heart and in my gut and in my soul that I was meant for greater things mm-hmm. than that. And at that time, I remember the exact time and I remember the exact feeling is I just wanted to walk out of there and go do it. At that that fire lit so fucking hard in me and I didn't want to turn back. And you didn't turn back because I didn't. on the hour and a half ride home from Philadelphia, when you got home, you were like I have a place we're going to see it, you know, or or you know, we're going to see it. It's a yeah. Literally, you went, this place is available. I'm taking it. And I was like, <laughs> fuck, this is happening much quicker than I expected. 
And I was like, okay, when are we going to go see it? And it was like two days. Two days yeah. after that moment, you were like, that's when we're going to go see it. And I was like, oh, all right. I remember that day coming to see it because it was already, um, somebody had looked for it, you know, or uh, looked at it for, you know, because I was starting a business with somebody else as well. So that moment, like she came here, kind of pre-looked at everything and I remember going, okay, like, I'll go look at it. You know, she had work or whatever. Like, I remember going to the bank and pulling out that deposit mm-hmm. just in case. Mm-hmm. And it was perfect. I walked in here and it felt already like it was ours. And, like, it was the space that needed to happen for a huge transition in, our, in life. I think it was the uh, canary yellow walls. <laughs> and the blockbuster rug that... <laughs> Fucking carpet. God, that carpet looked like And the blood. wood paneling. It was, so yes, but it it's not the space. It's the potential. Right. And I have always looked at potential instead of just seeing that, you know, little, little space because of how I grew up. I mean, I was always living in construction zones, so mm-hmm. I saw potential in when somebody else saw a mess. Right. And that was the time that Infinite Alchemy started. Yeah. And you, you made the decision. You said, this is it. I was like, okay, cool. And uh, then you... <laughs> Mind you, I'm working. I'm I'm working. I had a, a pretty solid, good job. I hated it, but I mean, like, the pay was fantastic, and my boss loved me, so I got to pretty much pick my own hours. And busy, busy season. Like, I, I was supposed to do super well that season. And uh, whenever you were like, all right, we're going to start next week. <laughs> And I was like, what? Excuse me? <laughs> like, I remember you yeah. coming home that night and you were just, I think it was like 20 some hours of working because you were working like overnight and somebody called off the next day yeah. or something and you had to stay extra until somebody got out there. Was, um, yeah, like but that person worked the night shift. before. Yes. And it was literally, you were so dead ass tired and you looked at me and you're like, let me take a 45 minute nap and we'll start. Mm-hmm. And that literally right there, you took a 45 minute nap and you start up, like got up and started drawing for me. Mm-hmm. You started drawing where, what, how many things do you need? What, what do you need so that I can start to think up how I have to do this to make it happen? And then you told me that it had to all be done in six weeks. <laughs> five, five weeks? <laughs> five and a half. <laughs> You said you wanted it done in four and a half. <laughs> I could, I, I could stretch it to six. But but also think like at that time we were waiting on our closing for our house, because we rented it you know until we got some stuff done. We were waiting for a closing on the house so that nobody can know we were doing this. No. And because it would jeopardize our loan for the house that we just put twenty grand into our house. <laughs> first anyway so if we ended up losing that we would have lost everything literally everything that we fucking worked for so uh, we had to literally hustle in silence because nobody could know 
what was going on because it was jeopardizing our life that we just built and our savings and every check and every tip that I got, everything was in our house. What? Why would you agree to any of this? What is your problem? (laughs) You told me to be uncomfortable. So I made myself completely and utterly the most uncomfortable I've ever been in my life. Uh And look at the outcome. We are sitting in a spot that has changed many people's lives. Mm -hmm. Many. People who have set forth, you know, different paths for their career. People that have come in here at their despair of life. And the outcome that it has brought to people and the change that it has brought to people. That's where we're at right now. Yeah. And that is a fucking humbling, amazing feeling that this place that we are sitting in has changed the lives of so many. All for the better. Hopefully for the better. All for the better. The best of their life. Right. That's... It's it's, it's okay. That's fucking cool. I guess it's pretty cool. It's fucking cool. Yeah. I love it. I love every single day of walking in here and knowing that this transformation actually happened. And now I'm, I come in here every single day and I fucking love the space that has been built. It's all for you. And I, I love it. But this is not just for me. This is for every single person that walks through that door. Everybody needs a space that they feel comfortable in. Everybody needs a space that they can come and dump their their bullshit day. That they can change, you know, that energy within themselves. And that they know through every transformation that I had throughout my life. Mm -hmm. There's people that sit in my chair still that are like, you know, how did you really do this? And, you know, if they wanted to know and everything... If I ever told anybody that I used to be an al- like a, a fucking drug addict and alcohol dependent and all this other stuff, they would never believe me for the space and for the person that I am today. But all of that dirty ass fucking work and all that uncomfortability has brought me to this moment. Yeah. And them hearing that and knowing what I went through in my life and knowing how many different transformations and and rebuilding myself that I had to do is just more power to them to know that they can do it too. Everybody can if they put in the fucking work. Everybody can change their outcome and everybody can change their opinion on themselves if they put in the fucking work. The great work. And that's, uh, I think that's a perfect place to kind of wrap this one to an extent. This is just the introduction. This is just that little back end story of how this was built. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to set forth with people that have transformed their lives and have been on many journeys themselves. Mm -hmm. And 
to be the better person that they are and continue to be, how are they doing that? Right. That's what we want to hear. That's what we want to put forth in this, you know, journey of ours now. One one important thing I do want to touch on before we wrap this episode is um, a, a lot of what we talk about with people on here. Um, uh, I'll be kind of diving into the the mechanics of it. Uh, to an extent, I, I have an engineering brain. I want to know the mechanics of how something works and why. And uh, whenever you get into, again, the, the whole neo-spirituality world and those, uh, those people that literally just think that it's as simple as like, if you think about something, it'll happen if I lay this out and that out on an altar and give up an offering to this God archetype, then things will happen. No, Mm-mm. no, that's, that's not how it works. Um, the, the idea of equal opposites within like the hermetic principles and, um, and natural law, uh, it, it represents like just a general balance that you see everywhere in nature. Uh, it's very easy to get lost in um, the haze of, of media that tells you that everything is so awfully unbalanced in one way, but reminds me of that old uh, Bill Hicks joke about like you were sitting there flipping through the news channels and it's fucking nuclear warfare and dogs attacking children and people dying from famine and oh my god, and you just get worked up into a frenzy and you turn off the TV or these days put down the phone and you step outside and sun still rises it still sets you got birds chirping mm-hmm. oh, okay maybe there is a, an order here there's a balance but so much of, of this inner growth and it doesn't matter what uh, tool set you use right whether that be um you finding a church uh, of whatever, you know, religion, or uh, leaning into Wicca, paganism. Um, I mean, th- this even goes into the agnostics and the atheist, you know, people that don't believe that there's anything else out there. Um, the basic mechanics of what's happening remain the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever framework you choose... It's perfectly fine to feel invested in it, but you cannot think that your way is the only way. That's like somebody saying, the only car is my 1997 Saturn. That's the only car. No, (laughs) there's tons of other cars and they all perform the same basic task. Just because you love your 97 Saturn doesn't mean it's the only car. As long as people are approaching this work whatever framework they choose Mm -hmm. with the right mindset um, the results are great and uh, so much of what we see now is uh, people don't want to dive in to that dirty stuff that they carry they don't want to see all sides of themselves because it's uncomfortable because you you carry that dirty stuff and those uh, destructive mechanics that don't actually serve you in life. 
um, you just broke my concentration. Um, by realizing the dirty parts and getting a full view of yourself is whenever you're able to go, okay, I don't like this and these things need to change. But the next step there is to really see a vision of, of how you want to be, what you want your outcome to be. The other part of this is whenever people start praying to this entity or that or offering this or you're essentially saying by by giving this entity this archetype something it's supposed to give me this energy so to speak to uh to go forward and have some kind of change but that's not how it works mm -mm. It, that's that's not the end of that um you're essentially putting yourself in a mental space to feel like you're emboldened to do something but the other part of that is you're now creating a dichotomy inside of yourself you have something that you want to change you have the mindset that you need to change it that means these parts of yourself that don't serve that you have to destroy it you have to go into that self-destruction and that's work and uh nobody no force outside of yourself can actually do that work besides you so just a, a word of caution for anybody going into this kind of work with whatever framework you choose to do the work with it's all coming from inside of you mm -hmm. no entity no archetype no lowercase g god no uppercase g god is going to actually give you the power to accomplish any of this. It's all inside of you. What you choose to be the inspiration to make you feel like you're able to do it, whatever. Choose whatever you need, but it all comes from you. And we're ready to bring that out in everybody. Well, you can't, you lead the horse to water, but you can't make them drink. But we are, we're, we're ready to shed some light on that and we're ready to talk to people that have completely transformed themselves and do put in that dirty work to make themselves a better person each day yeah and we know some super some cool inspirational yeah. people and from all different walks of life all different industries all different you know this is not just a a hair podcast this is not just a this is a life podcast <laughs> Mm -hmm. and whatever bleeds into it is going to bleed into it i like it mm -hmm. just like actual life yep stay no, authentic stay no true. edits <laughs> no no editing whatsoever <laughs> and that's what what life is it is not an edit you can't just show the good parts of your life without showing the bad yeah it's okay it's okay it's okay, it's okay to be a mess it's okay to be a work in progress it's always going to be progression instead of perfection mm -hmm. and on that note i can't wait to see how many different people that we are going to be talking to i know yeah. we have a few lined up and mm -hmm. i know there's there's a lot of interest in in a couple other people as well and i cannot wait to hear their story 
and how they have that inner work going for them. Yeah. So episode zero. Episode zero with with a with the line through it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's end it here and let's I can't wait to see how this progresses. We're ending it? Yeah. Do we need to drop some paperwork? <laughs> I can't stand you. <laughs> <laughs> You're but that that is it, it that is the introduction of this podcast and I cannot wait to continue um even chatting with just both of us or one of us on an episode or you know multiple people on episodes. I can't wait to see what this grows into. Yeah. And It'll I'm excited. Fun. So it's time to burn some bridges and get uncomfortable. Burn all the fucking bridges. <laughs>